choir, come on. Y'all come on down. We, we'll take a second to give you time to come down. I got an hour to preach. I'm excited. I'm excited. Do know that I am constrained by... Is that clock correct? That's good. Uh, we have a family event this afternoon, so I, I'm under pressure uh, to get out on time. Your Bible's, your Bible's open to Luke, Luke chapter 2. We've been using Luke 2 um, as our... Hey, Margaret Ann, you did a great job, Margaret Ann. We've been using Luke 2 as our passage, our narrative for uh, Christmas. Tim and Marianne, are y'all in here? Okay. You have guests you want to introduce? Okay. By the way, let me, let me say something before Tim does this. I want you to know... Um, I mean, I know it's the holidays, and a lot of people couldn't be here, and all, all that other stuff, but today's significant for several reasons. Number one is, I know yesterday, TJ was able to come to the youth event somewhat. I mean, I know it. But the fact that TJ could do anything as a normal child could possibly do and stay up here, even though he had to wear a mask, it's a blessing that he's able to come, right? Give him a hand. So, so... If that's all we got to do at Christmas, Christmas was well worth it. Amen, Tim? Go ahead and tell, tell us about your guests. Oh, okay. He's also married to a pretty awesome oncologist who is CJ's oncologist, Dr. Hannah Shaver. They're here. Thank y'all. Amen. Y'all give them a hand. Now, she is, now she's been she's been with y'all from the beginning. Am I right? That's right. Uh, eight, did you hear that? How many years? Eight, eight years. And uh, Tim was telling me that TJ was able to come to the youth event, I don't exactly know, I know you, you kept him isolated a little bit, but anyway, just the fact that he's in town and able to do anything is a blessing. Amen. Let me tell you another reason why this is significant, okay? Um, I see Craig is not here today, but this week, uh, now this is why Christmas is, hey Marianne, I didn't see you back there. Um, let me tell you why, above all, why Christmas is so essential. And if you're a believer, I mean, you could just about get up here and share what I'm going to share. But this week, um, I believe it's all been this week, we've, Diane and I, our church, we've been in the ministry with, involved in three funerals. Okay? Uh, Moses' brother passed away. Uh, the funeral was Wednesday. Moses' brother was 79, was a bivocational pastor, had been a pastor, but serving as a bivocational pastor. And that funeral was Wednesday. Um, Priscilla's sister, Robbie's aunt, Melissa, passed away. Help me. Last week. Last week. Last Monday. That, that was at uh, the little church over there on the boulevard. Uh, Frazier, okay, little little mission church. We may help them out next year. I don't know, but uh, but here and, and then um, 
Because see, you know what the Bible says? It's appointed on once to die. Everybody's appointed to die, okay? And the last enemy that man, uh, matter of fact, the last enemy that Jesus dealt with was death. We'll talk about that in a minute. But another funeral is coming Wednesday. And it's just interesting. And I told Craig, I told Chris this, that we happened to talk about Charlotte last Sunday morning when we talked about that Charlotte Hobson passed away and her funeral will be uh, Wednesday morning. Let me just tell you something. Now, I wasn't part of any of the other two, but I'll be leading a Wednesday's funeral. And, and of course, obviously, I've been here for a long time, and I've done a lot of funerals. But, and I told Craig, that Craig and Charlotte, I told Craig several times. I talked to him last night. I said, Craig, for a preacher, now I'm talking from a preacher's perspective, when you do a funeral of a believer, it's an honor. Because... Everybody there on Wednesday morning is going to be thinking about death. There's only one answer for death. Tell me who it is. Right. See, it, it is, a, you know, the virgin birth is extremely essential because the sin nature, he had no sin nature. We celebrate the birth of Christ because God became a man. And if you're thinking theologically, and let's think theologically just for a second, the word... This is out of John. Now, we're going to read Luke just a second. This is what you call chasing a rabbit, okay? So the Word is eternal, right? The Word's eternal. The, the, the second person of the Godhead was the Son, but also He's the Word. And in eternity past, more than likely, we would, if you were just arguing, you'd say He's the eternal Word from eternity past. Well, the Word, who's God, second person of the Godhead, called the Word... That's self-revelation. That's what he said about himself. He's the Word, become flesh. The Word became a human being as the Son. He, he and I don't know how he did it, but he's the God-man. All God and all man. Now, obviously, he emptied himself. The kenosis passage in Philippians 2, he emptied himself of something. And he had to in order to veil God in a human flesh. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, the hymn we sing. But folks, he came to set sinners free, right? So we think about, and, and when, like when we do Christmas Eve, let me do a little promotion, you know, next Sunday, Christmas Eve, we do 10 o'clock worship, no Sunday school, 10 o'clock worship. Remember that? 10 o'clock worship, no Sunday school. Next Sunday, Christmas Eve. Then Christmas Eve service at night, we do the Lord's Supper at 5, right? The reason I say that is next Sunday night we'll do the ordinance of the Lord's Supper as part of our service. And we take the bread and we say, Jesus said, this is my body which is broken for you. Beat, abused, killed. This is my body. He was a literal human being, right? Flesh and blood, just like me and you. It's what the Bible says. But he was perfect, right? Without sin. And we know that. We've, we've read enough of the Scriptures. We know Jesus was without sin. Even those that crucified him couldn't find anything to convict him of except to be God. That's what he claimed to be. They killed him for it. So he's a man, but he's perfect. A perfect person doesn't have to die. Sin corrupts. Jesus wasn't corrupted. So when he died, 
He didn't die for himself, did he? Did he? No. They didn't take his life. The Bible says he gave his life. And so, you know, we read it last week in in Romans 3. So now God can be just and the justifier of all those that believe in Jesus. Because sin's been punished. Am I right? Has sin been punished? You can say yes to that. Sin's been punished. So a holy God who's unapproachable by sinners, is He just in letting people like me into heaven? Yes, because Christ was punished for me. So when we celebrate Christmas, this is the Christmas message. Folks, pagans don't mind the manger scene. They don't mind the nativity. The death, burial, and resurrection, they mind. But folks, that's the gospel, right? So we're here, we're celebrating the little babe in a manger. We're celebrating, we are celebrating, but we're celebrating God becoming a man. Now, because those three experiments, we've been involved in those three funerals, we're going to be by Wednesday, you know, three right here together. What happened in Luke 2 matters because it's the birth narrative. So turn your Bibles there to Luke 2, and I've got 14 minutes. Moses, you were great on time. Thank you so much. Because I know in the bulletin it says pastor's comments. I thought I was just going to have closing prayer. So anyway, um, Luke 2. You're going to go to Luke 2, but before we read Luke 2, I want to read you another verse somewhere else. Luke 2 is where you're going. And this isn't out of a birth narrative, but I want to read you out of 2 Timothy 1. Just, Just listen to the verse. Paul says to Timothy, 2 Timothy, he's writing to Timothy who's a pastor. Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony about Jesus, nor of me his prisoner, but share in our sufferings for the gospel's sake. Who saved us, okay? Who saved us, and he called us. And Paul's talking to Timothy. He said, so God through Christ saved us, and he called us with a holy calling. Not because of our works, right? So if you're here today and you're saved, it's not because you were precious. It's because Jesus is precious, right? And Jesus, when we believe by faith, forgives sinners. Isn't that an amazing thing? You can say amen to that. It is an amazing thing. It says, Who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of His own purpose and grace, which He gave us in Christ Jesus before time ever was. Before time ever was. See, God, and that's why Galatians 4 tells us this, at the right time, under the law, when Rome ruled, Christ sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, at the right time. But, This event was planned, not at the last minute, not when Adam and Eve sinned. It wasn't planned then. Do you know when it was planned? In eternity past. Isn't that amazing? So Christmas in the mind of God is an eternal thing, not a last minute rescue mission, right? So this was God's eternal plan that that God, the second person of the Godhead, one God in three persons, become a human being and be sacrificed and be the lamb without blemish. Isn't, isn't Christmas amazing? Y'all don't really say, say it. Isn't, isn't Christmas amazing? Amen. 
And now, now it gives the Christmas presents a new meaning, doesn't it? And y'all know all this. Those presents under the tree or wherever you're hiding them, um, it's, it's more than just a wrap. It's a picture of the gift that God has given in His Son. Well, all three funerals could be moments of celebration uh, because of what Christ did. So I'm reading just a couple. This is Simeon. This is the events of Simeon. I'm in Luke uh, 2, and and, uh, I'm going to pick up at uh, verse 28. So if you have your Bibles open, Luke 2, 28. And um, I want you to listen to what we sang about the peace and the the peace that God gives. And, And one of the great truths about knowing Christ is the peace. Uh, but so he took him. Now this is Simeon. This is the elder man that's been in the temple waiting on the appearing of the Messiah. And God gives him the understanding that it is Christ when he comes. They come to dedicate him at the 40-day period. According to Leviticus chapter 12, this is what was required the 40th day. The first male that breaks the womb has to be dedicated at the temple 40 days. And that's where there they are. So, and he, so, it, so, so Simeon takes him up in his arms and he blessed God and said, now listen, listen to God's word. Lord, now. Now. Folks, all of us in here that are saved have had that now moment. You with me? I mean, I have a birthday, physical birthday of August the 1st of 1960. But I have another birthday that now, when I met Christ, all that... Simeon's going to say has been applied to me. This is how I feel. This is what I know now because of knowing Christ, the resurrected Christ. This is what I know. Look what he says. Now you are letting your servant. Now it's, you know, Simeon's old and he's been waiting for the consolation of Israel as the text says for the comforter to come. And, and in God's providence he allows Simeon to recognize this 40-day-old young baby boy as the Messiah. So he takes him in his arms and he says, Now you are letting your servant depart, but die. But really it is depart because it's like whether it was Melissa or, or Moses' brother. What, tell me his name again. Garner. I should remember that. Whether it's Garner, Melissa, or it's, it's uh, Charlotte, we, know, we didn't lose them, right? And I'm bad to send that out. I'll say we lost, you know. We didn't lose them, did we? Did we? Now, we physically lost them, but did we lose? Did we, the point is, if you lose them, you don't know where they are, right? That's why it's depart and not dead. Simeon says now, he's saying I can die. But it's not about non, a non-existent identity it's about departing to another place right so now he says now i guarantee you somebody in here has never had that now moment i guarantee you there's somebody here now you're letting your servant depart in peace second corinthians 6 is quoting an old testament behold now is the favorable time Behold, now is the day of salvation. 
Think about what the Bible says about the peace of God and the peace of God which passes all understanding. That's Philippians 4. Jesus said, "My peace, John 14, he, he owns peace. He says, the real peace, the Greek word is irene. Peace, I, live, I leave with you. My peace, I give to you. This is one of the greatest attributes or signs, if you want to say, of being saved is having the peace of God. Now, I'm not going to tell you. Uh, TJ has this, by the way. He has the peace of God. It's not that I want to die, but I'm not afraid to die. Now, I, I want to control how I die. I don't want to die in a, bur- a fire. You know, I'd rather not be crucified or burned to death, but, but I have a peace, right? And really, whatever you go through in life, you just take a deep breath and, well, because there's peace. Hey, and, and TJ's got it right. His theology's right. He's going to win. We win. I, I've read the end of the book. We, so he says, look. He says, Lord, now you, you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Everything Simeon experienced was because God said it was going to happen. Everything you and I have experienced today and, and all of life as a Christian is because God has said it to be so. Folks, when God says it, it's history. It may not have happened yet, but it's history. So when God speaks, He controls, or he, we say theologically, He dictates history. You can read the Old Testament. He said this is going to happen, and in time and space, it happened. By the way, there's more that's going to happen in this world and to this world, and to us. And it's all written in the book book of Revelation. Let me finish. He says, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace. So now, servant, peace, word, my eyes have seen your salvation. Now we call that, now obviously, physically, he's beholding the babe. But let me say that the Bible says that all of us that are in here that have been born again from a spiritual standpoint, our eyes have been opened to see. Folks, I've seen him from a spiritual standpoint and I met him. He spoke with me, convicted me, drew me. I saw him and I came to him. So, uh, because he called me, right? So he says, so now, we are, I'm, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Whose salvation is it? Before time ever began, right? It's his salvation. Then we close. He says, my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence. Now here, here's... Here's the great news for Gentiles, right? For all the peoples. The the Greek word is ethnos. So the gospel, Christ dying, is not just for the Jewish nation, is it? It's for all the people. Folks, this is the gospel of the Christmas message. Amen? Let's stand for prayer.
God's good, amen? amen? If I don't see you next Sunday, Merry Christmas. Let's pray. Lord, it is your great salvation. It is true, love was when God became a man. And we beheld His glory. Glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Father, thank You that for us that know Christ, Christmas is more than just a babe in a manger. It's God being born so that we could be born again. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great afternoon. God bless.